And welcome to Viewpoints Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosser. It gives me great pleasure, as always, to welcome our weekly uh, What's Making News co-host, Russell Hanby. Welcome again to Viewpoints, Russell Hanby. Thanks, Henry. How are you today? I'm not too bad. You're not too good, but you're not too bad. No, no, no okay. How about you? Oh, I'm even better. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that oh, good. I can't help myself, Russell. Now, Russell, you had a lot of homework to do. I hope, uh, I hope you did. You get it done, and I hope you didn't have too much trouble in doing so. Well, we might start off with a quick one first, and that was about uh, these two uh, escapees from a Roman prison who said they'd be back in fifteen days, which is round about now. Uh, but uh, there's no updated info on that, so I don't know. I don't imagine they're not back yet. No, they're not back yeah. yet. Oh well, that's no, good. That's you've ticked. No. That was was that the easy one or was that the hard yeah, that one? Was the, oh, that was easy because there was no result on that one. <laughs> <laughs> did the you do one, the easy one first or last? No, I did that last actually. Well, I had to check each. I had to. <laughs> I guess I you didn't check. know it was going to be easy until you checked it out. No. Okay, well, I so no resolve on that one. No, I did check each day to see whether there was any progress, but none. The other one was about an accident versus, as you call it, a non-accident or a crash. And uh, I did a bit of research on that. Uh, one definition of accident is it is an unfortunate incident that happens unexpectedly and unintentionally, typically resulting in damage or injury. Yes. And, uh, and a crash, on the other hand, is 100% avoidable because there's an element of premeditation. For example, uh, speeding or being influenced by substances while you're driving. Uh, that would make it uh, a crash. If you, whereas accidents are unavoidable, like if a kangaroo jumps out in the front of you. So technically, in a collision, if you cause the incident through recklessness, you had a crash. And the other person that you hit had an accident. Ah, right. So it's basically something which is beyond your control to have happened other than yeah. the fact that uh, you were not you were there the only the no. only thing the only the only thing that you could vary was of not being there in the first place which is yes, which, which, which you had no control over and they do, they do give another example of if you throw a knife at a group of people and it hits and stabs one of them it's not an accident because it was deliberate however if you trip in the kitchen while carrying a knife and you stab someone it is an accident Sure, you should have perhaps been more careful and you could have decided to carry the knife in a sheet, but the fact remains that you had no intention of stabbing the person in the second instance. You were simply moving the knife from one place to another. So you've got to have sort of negligence or recklessness to have a, a non-accident, if you like, and an accident that you had no say in it. So looking at it from uh, uh, an alternative angle, if you're going to do something deliberately that you don't want people to know is deliberate, you've got to make it look like an accident. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but to prove, prove that you go, and that's what you do when you say, no, I haven't had a drink officer, you know. Yes. That's, that's, well, I didn't deliberately come home late. Um, no. There was an accident on the road or a collision. Yeah. And usually it's a half accident, half crash, apparently, if you use the definition strictly. Ah, right. Ah, so that's why people uh, are advised not to admit culpability in accident collisions because their insurance company would prefer that it was an accident for them, or yes. a, but a collision for the others. That's right. So, so, if you so what happens if it's the same insurance company for both of you? They can't win and they can't lose. <laughs> I don't know what happens. That's a no-win, no-lose. Yes, and 
So if you're behind someone and you go into the back of them at traffic lights, you're at fault, aren't you, in the insurance? And I think the bloke in front isn't at fault. Yes, because you should have kept a distance, a safe distance, whereby you could have stopped. Yes, and even if the front bloke in front goes ahead then suddenly stops, you, you shouldn't allow for that. So I don't think there's much of an excuse if you're the, the driver behind. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, I, oh, I did go into someone, yes, I think at the back they, they did an older couple and they went around the lights and stopped for no apparent reason. And, uh, and of course, No apparent, apparent people... reason to you. Yeah, and uh, and then I've been. Let's be clear been, about this, Russell Handy. <laughs> and, and I've been rear-ended, isn't that the expression, by someone in the past? I think too. I I can recall an incident many years ago, Russell, where it was a left-hand turn on a street, and there was a woman in a car in front of me, and there were no lights there, so she turned left, and I looked across to the right, and it was clear, so I proceeded, but for. Some unaccountable reason she stopped, so I banged into the back of her, not too hard, but enough to dent her her um, bumper bar. And of course, when I got out, I said, "Why did you stop?" And she said to me, "Does it matter?" <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. And then she told me that she had a real problem. It was a sad situation. I mean, I paid all damages, and I was clearly guilty. But she said, "You know, I have just picked this car up from the dealer." It's my husband's new car and I'm driving it home. <laughs> I, I felt terrible. <laughs> not, not, not the least reason being that, um, well, of course, I, uh, I lost my no-claim bonus because I had a bit more damage than her. Plus, I did feel empathy for it. Um, you know, it's, it's those cases where you're just guilty, aren't you, Russell? And there's no yeah. spin you can put on it. No. I wonder when that rule came in. Now, there's a bit of homework. When did the, if you run into the back of a car or vehicle, you're guilty as charged automatically? Because I don't believe that rule would have been there forever, but it must have have come in at some point. Okay, I've just made a note of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got another bit of homework. Has it occurred to you, Russell, I mean, you were a maths teacher once upon a time, I'm still in the teaching profession as a principal, that for some students, it doesn't matter what their answer is, the teacher comes up with some more work for them to do. You must have done that a few times. Uh, not not as much as you are, no. <laughs> <laughs> you would have done it, though. You're such a good student. I, I find it irresistible. <laughs> irresistible <laughs> to just, you know, load you up. And if I can load you up with some homework based on the work you've just done, it doesn't make me look like I'm being vindictive or nasty, you know, or just doesn't it? It looks like it segues beautifully into the next homework. Yeah, that's right. Do you wake up to me? Yes, I am. That's why I try to talk quickly and get into the next topic. You know, before <laughs> Which you means we'll get into the next topic before you get well, any... Well, that would be an intriguing there's, there's, one. We'll there's, get... one more, there's one more homework. Oh, you three, did I give you three bits? Yes, And you did. did it all? Well, I tried to do this one. was about Melbourne's water reservoirs. Remember, we said that between January and April, Melbourne experienced its second wettest start to the year since records began. Yes. 400.8 mil. Um, and that's more than the entirety of 2019. But when I checked the figures for the reservoir uh, and uh, got the total percentages. I looked, first of all, back in February, and the uh, it was 61.7% full, all of the, the yes. reservoirs. In May, it was 63.1, up a bit. 
and only marginally up in June just this week, 63.4. So, so why, how do we have so much rain, not just heavy rain, but exceptionally heavy rain for months, and it has apparently a minimal impact on our dams? I don't know. All you can say is that it hasn't fallen perhaps in the right uh, areas or that people in this COVID lockdown have been drinking a lot more. But I don't think they're yeah, using they a lot more water. Yeah, but they haven't been drinking water, have they, Russell? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, unless you add it to the whiskey or something, yeah. <laughs> I would be checking out the bottle shops to see whether they're running out of a different sort of water <laughs> before I <laughs> made those. What about up uh, the gully way? I hear they've all been... There's been a lot more merriment up there in the last couple of months in the local houses. There's been a lot of singing and dancing. Has it been going Has on there? in your place? Not the other streets. No, not around here it hasn't no, been. <laughs> quite so. Well, we better get on with the other stuff. Well, well done on your homework, Russell. And I do feel a bit sort of sorry that I've given you more homework. But uh, anyway, we've got other things to do now. Well done. Re in the age, renewed push for integrity body, Russell. A federal plan to crack down on corruption will go to a new round of negotiations in Parliament as the Morrison government vows to revisit a reform first aired two years ago. Mm. And this is kind of topical, of course, this week, hasn't it? Attorney Absolutely. General uh, Christi, Christian Porter said he would restart the talks on the Commonwealth Integrity Commission uh, to test the views of uh, the crossbench critics who believe that the new authority would be too weak. So he's not going to commit to setting up the commission this term. Now, the crossbench group, or one crossbench group, including the Greens' Adam Bant and Queensland Independent Bob Catter, pointed at the fall of the former Labor power broker Adam Sonurek as proof of the need for the new federal watchdog. As you said, it was first announced in 2018 by Prime Minister Scott Morrison. The government proposal was criticised as a toothless tiger because it uh, has no public hearings involved and perhaps a sharper focus on officials rather than politicians. So what Mr Port is going to do, he's going to first gauge cross-benches uh, support. Timely time to um, actually get that finally activated, isn't it? It is, One isn't it? Think... For for all Parliament, because uh, what have, they're sending in virtually an administrator equivalent, aren't they now? Mm, absolutely. Well, in we Victoria. spent so much time on your homework, Russell, that we've run out of the first part of our segment. Can you hold the line and we'll come back and deal with the rest of it? Yes, certainly. Welcome back to Viewpoints. This is I'm your host, Henry Grussick. I'm in a discussion of what's making news, though it might appear it's Russell's homework segment uh, with Russell Hanby. Welcome back, Russ. Thanks, Henry. Your suggestion uh, while we're off air about maybe we get another segment, a separate half hour one for Russell's homework with our <laughs> program directors. Do you think that'll go down well? Uh, I don't know, but perhaps we won't. We might leave that aside for another another year, perhaps. Yeah. Absolutely. Moving forward, apparently there are bubbles around. Yeah, travel bubble ready. Uh, Victoria could be excluded from a travel bubble, allowing some Australians to crisscross the country free of coronavirus quarantine restrictions. In fact, South Australia opens its borders to select states, but Victoria and New South Wales are excluded from the bubble due to ongoing COVID-19 outbreaks. So currently the bubble would cover South Australia, Queensland, Western Australia, ACT, Tasmania and the Northern Territory. And from last Wednesday, people from West Australia, Northern Territory and Tasmania can travel to the South Australia without the need for a 14-day quarantine. 
So Victoria and uh, New South Wales, because uh, we still get the numbers, small though they may be, uh, can't travel to those places yet. Mm, interesting, isn't it? Um, mm. And yet, at the same time, we've still got an outbreaks coming out. We've had, I think, three schools in Victoria closed this week in three day, in the first two days because yes. of children contracting it. Um, so um, there's still a lot of work to be done, Russell. There is. Uh, most of our numbers, the majority is from people who've just returned from overseas and they're being quarantined in hotels. That does count in our numbers, but there's still yes. uh, a trickle, steady trickle of uh, cases now coming from schools and uh, aged care places, aren't there, particularly? Yes, and um, it wouldn't take much for that to burst out into a full-blown um, outbreak, wouldn't it, uh, Spike, no. if we were not careful, so... Yes, as we relax, and the more we relax the rules and on social distancing, the greater that risk if we don't adhere to um, very strict protocols, Russell. That's right. It's like the children's seesaw, isn't it? You've got the health of people on one end and you've got the economy of the nation on the other. Mm. And, um, and yeah, look, it's uh, opinions widely divided on all of that, isn't it? You know, it's, yes. it's not an issue where there's unanimous support for any particular proposal um, and yet at the same time we want the economy to ramp up and we want everyone to be safe. They're, they're not necessarily um, on the same page, are they? No, they're not. So uh, and it's going to go on for some time, it looks uh, too, isn't it? Of course, we've got I, school holidays coming in a week, haven't we? And, yeah, uh, well, that might slow it down a bit unless, mm. of course, parents are taking their kids out everywhere and we don't adhere to the right protocols. Um, online buying blitz, Russell. Years of growth in just weeks. Australia Post Chief Christine Holgate says the coronavirus pandemic has, quote, changed the game for retail, driving years of online transformation into just weeks. Yes, and uh, she says the global pandemic has brought change to a, 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 a scale, or on a scale, never seen before. Uh, social distancing, self-isolation and the closure of bricks and mortar stores meant online shopping became arguably the only way to shop and uh, it's going to continue, they say, uh, after that'll be the new normal. Isn't that the expression that people use these days? Well, and yes, the new normal. Australia Post had forecast a 12% uh, of all sales will be online by the end of next year, but now it's likely to be 15% of all retail sales by the end of this year. And... Mm. Um, Victoria's and we'll never online... go back. We'll never go back completely no, to what it was, will we? No. In fact, Victoria's online orders in April were up 111% on the same time in 2019 and compared with a national increase of 95%. Um, it's interesting that most popular items bought were premium food, prescription diet and, of all things, cat litter and pet treats. Uh, Absolutely. Local... And, and interestingly enough, um, Russell... Cranbourne, which is the heart of city of Casey Radio, uh, or part of our heartland of broadcasting live, Cranbourne in our southeast is second uh, location for online shoppers, uh, yeah, moving from fifth in 2018. So Cranbourne um, in the city of Casey uh, is one of the top online shopping uh, cities in in, uh, in yeah, that's the Australia. Whole Australia, yeah. I think yeah. Point Cook was number one, but Cranbourne was number two. Yeah, uh, Victorian coastal it. places, uh, particularly, and uh, Cranbourne are one of the highest uses of uh, online buying, aren't they? Are you into it? 
not much. Yeah, I've got the odd thing from time to time, you know, but uh, I haven't uh, at this stage. I don't do it that often. How about you? No, no, not much at all. Not much. No, I don't do much online shopping. Um, family members do a lot more than me. Um, but uh, look, look, it's one of those. One thing I couldn't imagine buying is clothing because I like to look at them. I know a lot yeah. of people do, and you can return them. But I just like trying them on in the shop. And the same as shoes; they don't always no. fit the size. Yeah, like you size, know. size ten or whatever. Yeah, there's the too a small comfy or too big. factor with it that yeah. you need, and I, I, I think don't it, think we get that necessarily no. online. What do you think? I think it, yes, I agree with that. It's very risky buying anything you wear, and uh, but. I think lately, though, the shops that have now opened, again, the change rooms, and many of them are still closed because of the worry about the virus, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to our last piece, other than the odd spot, Russell. This is from The Age. Uh, feels a bit weird how the face of air travel has changed. So this is if you're going to take off on a flight in the next few weeks or mm-hmm. months. As Qantas and Virgin increase flight schedules after the school holidays, Travellers should prepare for full planes, struggling airlines, filling their aircraft to maximum profitability. And, in fact, there's little social distancing on full flights. Well, the the uh, journalist uh, went by Jetstar one way, and he says that uh, airlines say cabin air is uh, the cabin air is cleaned every few minutes with hospital-grade filters. And that's, uh, they've been given the green light by medical experts on that. Many airport food hall outlets are shut, but it feels like a ghost town and then very few even in the uh, check-in areas. Masks were optional at the boarding gate, and not that many took them, including the uh, interesting the flight uh, uh, staff didn't use uh, these masks. The passengers do sit together as usual. Um, there's no on-board meal service. And then he came back uh, on Virgin, where they gave snacks and water only. And uh, one, one upside is because... Uh, uh, there are very few queuing up of planes. There's only one plane every now and again. They they can get very punctual. They're not in the line. There's nothing worse than backing out into the tarmac and waiting for 20 minutes, is there? No, no. Uh, it's, up for the planes ahead. It's, uh, it's a bit interesting, isn't it? So it's really been smacked around the uh, travel and the um, airline industry, haven't they? Yeah, and, under, and un- understandably the passengers are a little bit twitchy about sitting so close after all this lockdown business and they're very aware of not to cough or sneeze, you know, uh, makes it very uh, complicated if you do get a sneezing fit in Mm. this day and age. Yeah, look, I think it'll still be a while before we catch a plane, Russell. I think uh, they're easing up restrictions on a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's your choice as to the degree to which you um, take advantage of them and... uh, um not sure we'll be travelling in the next few months just because we can. What about no, you? You got a book, no. an airline flight booked already? No, no. I think I've told you in other words we were going across to the UK in uh, in August. Well, that's off, of course. And, uh, I would have thought no, so. Nothing else planned, no. No, and we'll see how it pans out. The odd spot, I know you've been champing at the bit to get onto <laughs> this one today, Russell. Well, the US side of the International Space Station is jumping on the COVID home innovation wagon with plans to install a new toilet this year. NASA says its souped-up universal waste management system will help support mixed-gender crew missions and bigger loads. Demand for the new loo followed a robe in the old 90s model uh, into the old 90s model that exposed inadvertent fouling of the collection hardware with fecal material. 
So what do you say about that? They're getting a, a brand new toilet. It seems like they must have needed one, I think, after reading that. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly so. Well, Russell, that takes us out. You did a great job. We ended up spending nearly half the program on your homework. Hopefully next week it won't take so long and that you get a bit more time to, to relax this, uh, this uh, work coming week in preparation for next week. You're right. And I've got a little break after next week, don't I, too? Yeah, we've got a two-week break from the live show. We'll um, be doing a best-of series, as always. Um, our podcasting keeps going uh, with uh, some of our, our interviews. But no, What's Making News has a little break for two weeks. All oh, right. OK. Well, I'll be able to get someone enough strength in for the next term's homework, won't I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was Russell Handy, What's Making News. This is... Uh, we'll take a short break. <laughs> 